Welcome to Entrepreneurs in Progress, a podcast about entrepreneurs figuring out how to be successful in real time. I'm Lauren Kemp. And I'm Bridget Price. And we're two entrepreneurs who have built businesses that bring in $300,000 and $700,000 in revenue per year, and started some businesses that have lost a few thousand too. We're sharing our experiences of what the entrepreneurship journey is really like to help you become confident, successful entrepreneurs faster than we did. Today we're answering, what do you do after your launch when your business isn't an instant hit? Having a slow start and post-launch blues can kill your momentum, and you'll need to push through the valleys of despair on your way to the mountaintops of success. So, how can you manage your expectations beforehand, and how do you regain momentum when you're down about things not working out like you'd hoped? These are questions that we answer as Bridget and I share our experience post-launch when we realized nobody cares about your business. Let's get started. Bridget, first of all, have you ever had a recent business launch that didn't meet your expectations right away? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Pretty much all of them. It's interesting because so many of my close friends and acquaintances have heard me talk about my businesses and entrepreneurship nauseum for years and in those (laughs) early conversations a lot of the time they are hyping me up telling me i had such great ideas and i just needed to pursue them but when i did as previously discussed the launch was met with little fanfare and i never officially launched as i discussed it was more of an announcement and even still that was kind of like lackluster and it definitely uh, attacked my self-confidence a little bit but don't get me wrong there are a handful of people (laughs) who were excited and happy for me. But generally speaking, it kind of fell a bit flat. And during that time, it sucked because when you don't have anything else to fall back on, like money or sales, except that excitement of the business, what do you do? When you're starting a business, you're constantly looking for things to sustain you and your motivation, right? And the Mm -hmm. best way to do that is by making money. And when you ain't made no money, (laughs) the second best way is to stay motivated by the possibility of making money. And Mm -hmm. that possibility is often fueled by the support of your friends and family. For what it's worth, they don't not care on purpose, right? We Mm -hmm. all have our lives and other things that we're navigating. And I will say this again, there has always been a handful of people who genuinely do care. And for example, you and Brian are a part of that group. (laughs) however most like or react to our announcement and then they move on they're like okay Mm -hmm. cool so i guess the question we can pose is why do we expect people to care Mm -hmm. and is it that we want their business or do we just feel like we have to or need to be supported i think it's both because nobody cares about your business so in the sense that yeah you have like your friends and family that support you for the launch and there's all the fanfare and then you know after a while it's just kind of things is normal. Mm -hmm. And then there's the greater nobody cares about your business, (laughs) as in the masses and no one's buying from you. And no one even knows you exist because there's so much noise. It is so hard to get anybody's attention to even know that your business exists. And then even if you do, they still may not care anyway, because you got tons of competition and it's just nobody cares. Yeah, it feels like nobody cares about your business because they don't like you got to earn that trust. You got to build up those relationships. Like you're brand new. Mm -hmm. Like how often 
when you're thinking about buying from somewhere, do you look at things like, oh, how long have they been around? Oh, how many reviews do mm -hmm. they have? What are these different points of trust and credibility that you have that you just don't when you are a beginning new business? That's very true about the splintering, right? You have your family and friends. Mm -hmm. That's one level. And then the next level, when <laughs> the public does not give a fuck, <laughs> yeah. it's like, damn, I didn't put myself out there and <laughs> to be publicly rejected, you know? Yeah. And this shit hurts. <laughs> I like, we laugh about it now, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> we can laugh it's now. It's the laugh to but... keep from crying, okay? <laughs> but no, it's real. That's a very valid point. And you can expect or accept that your friends and family don't care because often they're not your target audience. They're not mm -hmm. the people that you're buying for business from necessarily. Mm -hmm. But then when you don't have social proof, and you don't have the credibility necessary to get new people to buy from you, it's kind of a scary feeling at that moment. And you're kind of like, holy shit, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> so in that vein, how do you manage your expectations beforehand for new services or products? So I'm still working on correctly <laughs> managing my expectations. You know, some of it comes from experience, which has definitely humbled me. And I always try to remember that it takes longer than you expect. Like mm -hmm. whenever we're launching a new product or a service or a business, I try to tell myself this is going to take longer than you expect to be successful. And you just got to be patient. Yeah. And I remind myself it's a marathon, not a sprint. But I still find myself managing my expectations because you get so attached and like, you're like, oh, this is going to be successful. This is so valuable. Like, mm -hmm. how could people not want it? And even with my experience, I still am not as patient as I'd like to be as yeah. far as launches or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to that end, when you're a new entrepreneur, can you properly manage your expectations? Is it possible to manage your expectations for things or experiences that you've never had before? I guess not, because maybe you don't know what to expect. And even if you've seen other people do it, it's not the same as actually experiencing it yourself. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. I think that the more mature you become as an entrepreneur, it's a lot easier to manage your expectations and to start slower. But when you're starting out the gate, you don't even know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And you do see or reference successful examples of a business that maybe you're trying to emulate. Mm -hmm. And those expectations get set really high. And then mm -hmm. it sets you up for just this crash feeling, I guess, of thinking that you've had something and you're not sure if you do anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I love the phrase manage expectations. That's kind of <laughs> something I live by. I think it's super important for people to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's hard to do it when you've never had a business before. And I think that's why we have this podcast is we're trying to help people manage their expectations because there's not enough of the realism around entrepreneurship. We just see this overnight successes, right? We see the aftermath of the hard work in the years and we think that mm -hmm. is supposed to happen overnight and it just doesn't so i can totally yeah. relate to you trying to be patient as you can but it's hard it's really mm -hmm. hard i think you bring up a really good point about how when you are launching or starting out you're like oh okay i'm gonna research how to have a successful launch you're like oh here's my little to-do list of things to have a successful launch and then you go launch and you're like why is this not turning out the way mm -hmm. you know all these other case studies have mm -hmm. 
And it's like, it definitely, it's good to research and try to do all the things that yeah. you're supposed to do. And you want to set yourself up as much as possible for success. But again, it's that managing of expectations. And there's just so many variables. There's just so mm -hmm. many different outcomes. There are, the circumstances are different for everybody. It is ideal to try to get a full picture, but you just got to accept and commit to fucking up <laughs> and roll with that to a certain extent. And that's hard because you don't ever launch a business. I don't think expecting the fuck up. You think yeah. it's going to take off or be a hit. And mm -hmm. it's just really hard to really process that until you're actually in it. So tell me a little bit, Lauren, about your post-launch blues and <laughs> how it's felt after the official announcement or launch of your businesses. Again, I had very unreasonable expectations the first time around. And I was thinking about problems like, what if I have too many customers? And how <laughs> I am I going to fulfill all these orders? And how will I scale? And we joke about that now, but I definitely fell into the trap of believing in my product so much and its value that people will be knocking down the figurative doors. And it was a good learning lesson that just because I see the value of something, doesn't mean that everyone else will because nobody cares about your business. <laughs> uh, it's a sad truth. <laughs> and, and like you mentioned before, yeah, maybe some friends and family will care because they like you in general. But for the masses, again, you're competing with so much noise that it's hard to get anyone to notice your brand new company, let alone care or trust you enough to buy from you. Mm. And so we found like, you know, you need sales and distribution channels and trust and those things take time. And I think the reason that the post-launch blues exist too is that you've worked so hard just to get to that launch point. You expect some success. You're like, I have worked so hard. I've got to be at least getting some success, some sales. And it can bring you down really quickly when you realize, oh my God, I still have so much more to do and to figure mm -hmm. out. I will say though that from our experience and where this might not apply is i think it's easier to start with a services-based business. So a business where you are the personal brand, like a consultant or a hairstylist or anyone with clients, I think is much easier to leave that group and that company or agency and start services when you have clients that follow you, you know, not stay at whatever company they're at. And I'm not saying that it's not hard work. It absolutely is. Nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. But for us and from the limited data points that I do have from talking to others, it seems like services-based businesses are easier to start than product-based ones because you have those relationships and trust built. And with product-based ones, like if you don't have an audience or relationships, mm. you're starting from zero. Mm -hmm. so. I 100% agree. And I never even thought about it in that way before, services-based businesses versus product-based or any other type of businesses, because I didn't know what I didn't know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. With services-based businesses, you sell yourself or your expertise. And it's genius to start a service-based business from a lateral move or position that you held before where mm -hmm. you might have fostered some relationships with clients or customers where your expertise technically is the social proof, right? They can mm -hmm. just go to your LinkedIn page or look at your resume and see that you have done X, Y, Z and that it works. And with products, if you don't have the right market down, if you don't have the right audience, you know, if you're not great with product testing and all of that, like who mm -hmm. knows if your product actually works, right? 
And it's harder mm -hmm. to build that credibility out the gate. And there's so many other factors with products that I didn't even consider before. The wholesale situation, drop shipping, cost of goods. And it's just mm -hmm. different with product-based businesses. There's so many other things you have to consider, manufacturing and distribution and packaging. So many things that cost a lot way more money than just selling yourself at first. So I completely agree with you on that. Um, so how do you regain momentum when you're down about things and they're not working out like you had hoped? I kind of dig in. So I work with my head down and sometimes I go off the grid for a while. I also find small wins and I'm often driven by those small victories. I also look for opportunities to pivot because it helps me get excited again. I refuse to stay stuck. I'm going to figure mm -hmm. something out. And even though someone doesn't care about my business at this point in time, I'm going to disappear, <laughs> right? I'm gonna <laughs> work in the background and I'm going to find the right people who will care about my business. It does take time, but kind of when I've committed myself to something, I try to see something through. And that really helps me when I'm at a place where no one gives a shit mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. you have to give a shit. So that's ultimately what I focus on. I feel like I have two different approaches. So mm -hmm. the one is where I step back from everything and the other is the deep dive <laughs> and yep. throw yourself in it. Yep. With the stepping back from everything, it's if I'm in a rut and feeling down and I don't have that momentum and energy, it might be burnout and I might mm. just need a few days to clear my mind and then come back and feel fresh about it and feel excited about it again. And then the other part is like, okay, we really need to dive deep into the strategy. And I like to just talk it out and get fresh ideas from other people. So right. usually that's like through Brian, you and Marcus, friends and family, depending on what their particular expertise is. But sometimes you just need a fresh perspective because you're like, mm -hmm. I mean, you and Brian are like, full of ideas and you got all ideas. And I feel like I am just like, sometimes I just get stuck and I'm like, I cannot think of what else to do, like, and just overwhelmed. And so it helps having idea people, <laughs> <laughs> right? Part of the partnership. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, of, of course, talking with a therapist, I find helpful too. Not that they're giving me advice about how to run my business, but <laughs> right. you know, just managing. to have, yeah, managing the ups and downs and just talking about it, I find really helps. How long do you sit in that space where you realize no one cares about your business? Oh. Has it ever stopped you or has that just, okay, <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. Oh, I mean, like, you know, getting over the fact that nobody cares about my business, that's, you know, like a few days of disappointment. <laughs> right. Then you just get back to it and you just got to keep going. And then I'm once you learn that the first time, then you're not surprised by it the second time. A hundred percent, girl. Your first mm -hmm. time is rough, right? It's like your first yeah. breakup or your first heartbreak situation. But after that, it's okay. This part of the process. But yeah, I think that also makes a mark of an entrepreneur too, right? Now that no one cares about your business, you have to really ask yourself, do you care about your business? Mm -hmm. And if you care enough about it, you're going to do what you can to make it work. And I say make it work loosely because I feel like that could be toxic positivity, if that makes sense. Mm. Like just do whatever mm -hmm. you can to make it work. Sometimes the shit don't work and that's okay too. But if you mm -hmm. care enough about your business, you're not going to let the opinions, immediate opinions of others or lack thereof dictate whether or not you pursue it. That's hard though, understandably, because mm -hmm. you have to sell your shit. <laughs> so yeah. you can quickly confuse people with not caring about your business with whether or not you should continue to pursue your business. And I think those are two different things. And I think there are various reasons why people don't care. They 
Mm-hmm. Again, not enough credibility, not enough social proof, mm-hmm. or the product or service is not for them, and that's fine too. But you will find that audience, you will find that niche, mm-hmm. and you can't confuse it with whether or not or questioning if this is something you should actually pursue. Um, yeah, it just takes time. It's going to take quite a bit of time to figure it all out, and that's for okay. sure. So if you could choose one thing to take away from this episode, what would it be? Except that people ain't going to care about your business. <laughs> eventually Mm -hmm. they will but you have to give people something to care about and Mm -hmm. if you don't have that yet you got to work at it and so Mm -hmm. that would be my main takeaway from this episode is don't let it dictate whether or not you're making the right choice for me i would say reset those expectations Mm -hmm. and that is something that you're gonna have to do a lot when it comes to being an entrepreneur so Be okay that it's going to take longer than you expect and be okay with being flexible and that'll keep you sane. (laughs) Yeah, for (laughs) sure. That'll keep you from being too hard on yourself and feeling like a failure. You just need to reset those expectations. It's going to take a while. Mm -hmm. That's part of the journey. That's it for today. As you work through your post-launch blues, do not despair. Join us in the Entrepreneurs in Progress Supercast community. For only $5 a month, you get to join a community of fellow fans and entrepreneurs to discuss entrepreneurship, as well as have access to Ask Me and Lauren Anything, behind-the-scenes content, and a shout-out in our future episodes. Once you're in, tell us about your struggles and how we can help motivate you through the lows of running your business. The link to join our Supercast community is in the show notes. Your support helps ensure that we can keep creating this podcast, whether it's contributing to our Supercast community, joining our LinkedIn group, or even just sharing episodes with your friends and family. Thanks for listening, and until next time.